I'm the champion. We're the champion. D Rod likes to party and Dalton Drum have done the unknown and now you'll hear what we have to say the champions of the world we're here with Dalton Drum people hi guys how are you doing Dalton uh, Dalton Dalton we're coming off the heels of maybe your biggest success yeah in, yeah in maybe your entire life how do you you know how do you feel about how do you feel about the matchup how do you feel you know how do you, you know feel it went it was uh it was interesting at first I had a had to sit back and watch the gameplay for a while and go over, you know, just, you know, understanding of what what I was watching, kind of studying the rhythm, studying, you know, how each player wanted to proceed with the next match. Mm-hmm. And I took I took a step back, you know, and I really was watching, you know, uh, a player that, you know, has been a champion for a long time and claimed to be the top dog, Matt Drum. And, you know, Spikeball is not a game that we just mess around with. Spikeball is a lifestyle, you know, and we all try to play it, but only certain people are talented enough to play it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I knew we were the underdogs going into the match. But you know what? I think at some point David and I understood how we needed to beat Matthew and Caleb properly. And we took it. We took it to the next level, man. We we were we destroyed them. And what's crazy is about about it is it wasn't like I don't know what came over me, but just this beautiful angel of athleticism proceeded between both of us, and you know we we made our way to glory and we're now spike ball champions of the world. And yeah, and I can't I can't I don't have any words to explain it. I'm just still in shock. Now I gotta ask you, you know, you're going up against your own brother, mm-hmm. your own older brother. Yep. Who's not only you know got older brother powers, but was ranked as a nationally ranked spike yeah. ball. You know, did that did that play on your mental? Did that get into your oh, psyche? Man. How did that uh, feel? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I played the game. At the end of the day, I made it happen. I'm an athlete, is what I do. But you know, it does it does have a mental effect on you. You know, ever since ever since the, as I was a kid, he would always beat me at everything. And this time, I said no. This time, I said I'm doing this myself. This time, I said it's me or it's nothing. And, you know, I really feel like I showed it out there today. Good. And coming out of that, you think, you think, you know, on a purely skill level, is it still even or you th- is one of you just far and above the, the um, winner now? I think, I think at this point, you know, uh, for, for a long time, it was definitely Matthew one up, Matthew one up, Matthew one up. But this time it's more... It, it was more of an even playing field. Now, did I did I you know use my athleticism better? I I would say so. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, it was still a very competitive match, and I'm very honored to have played him and Caleb in 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 a game of life almost. You know. All right. Well, thank you, Dalton Drum. We'll let you get back to the locker room. And, thank you. And, and thank celebrate you. your win. We're gonna come over to the you. other side Woo! of the. Let's go, boys. We're gonna come to the other side of the other side of the aisle right now. Matthew Drum. Oh, what's going on? Once on top any, of the uh, world. Any, any questions? I'll take. Uh, yeah, there's only one. <laughs> Why do you suck? You know, it's been a it's been a long, long career for me. Many injuries. You know, the mental aspect of this game takes its toll. You know, and then you get a young, young buck that just comes up with just raw, pure athleticism. And what really threw me off was every time, you know, mainly Dalton. Dalton was the star of the show over there. I think he was, like, number number zero. I don't think they had actually given him uh, a jersey yet. I think he just came up off the practice squad. And I, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, so number zero, every time he'd jump, you know, uh, I kind of got distracted. He was using tactics I'd never seen. Like, he was just, you know, degrading himself every time he jumped. He'd be like, I'm a bitch, and then hit the ball. So, yeah, you know, his tactics were a little unorthodox. But, you know, when you come up from the minor leagues, they have different rules. You know, we play a respectable sport over here. So, but hats off to him. You know, I should have been able to adapt and and overcome. And, you know, Caleb held the team. He really did a lot. You know, I think my injuries are starting to catch up to me. I'm 28 now. So that's been a long career. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> it's been a long career, but you know what? I, I'm excited for the little guy. He seemed really happy with his first win. I mean, I think he, I heard him yelling in the locker room, you know, before this. So, you know, if I can um, get back to the community in any way, I'm always for that, you know? And, and so does a loss like this, as brutal as this, you know, a complete, you know, you were up up six to one almost both games, and then you just completely lost it all for your team. Does that make you think maybe it's time for uh, you to hang up the cleats, hang up the sandals, and uh, let the next generation come through? I, it makes me think about it, yeah, but I think I got a little bit more in the tank, you know? So I'd like to have a rematch with number zero. Does, does he have a name? I, I, uh, yeah, it, 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 the back of his jersey said Salty. Salty? You know, I, I like salt on my food, too. I'm sure he's a cool guy. But, yeah, I'd like, I'd like a rematch, and I'm sure we could, you know, make it televised, you know, maybe in about six months or so. I think that'd be really good. So yeah, let, let number zero know that you know we we could play again soon. Sounds like a good sounds like a good thing. Yeah. All right, you got it. You heard it from both sides, people. That's it for drum and drummer news, sports news this week. Okay. <laughs> I'm drum. I'm drummer. All right, welcome back, everybody. Week 126. Week 126, guys. That's 1 times 10 times 10 is 100, plus 5 is 105, plus 10 is 115, plus 5 is 120, plus 5 plus 1 is 126, motherfuckers. And as always, we're your hosts. I'm Drum. And I'm Drummer. This is a podcast about brotherhood and the three S's, storytelling, supernatural, and self-improvement. You know how to explain that today? To who? I had a friend who asked me. Oh yeah. What what the three what what the podcast was about, and I was like, oh fuck, I hate this question. And then I answered it correctly: storytelling, supernatural, self improvement. So that was like your one time. You only get like one shot where you remember all three. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that again. To be honest, understood. Understood. But I'm pretty proud of it. You did know, he, did he accept that as an answer? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a. It was so a, you, all you all you said was supernatural, self improvement, and stories, and he was like, got it. Yeah. I know exactly what it's about now. He knew what he was walking into if he wanted to listen to it. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Pretty much sums it up. But, dude, Dalton, you're riding high on this victory, man. How's your week been? You know, it's been it's been a weird week. I, I was explaining to David, I was kind of, i just been kind of stuck in a funk. So, just trying to figure that shit out. You know, get myself out of it a little bit. But I feel like I'm coming out of it a little bit. I feel a lot better. Just getting used to this weather. The weather keeps changing on me. And it fucks me up in the morning. I, I, I just, I don't know what it is, but... It just it, if it wants to be hot, be hot. If it wants to be cold, be cold. I don't give a fuck. Just stick to it. Make up your mind. Southern California has been nasty recently. I know. I think it's my allergies, but my allergies been acting up and feeling like trash right now. But the last couple times I've had allergies this bad have been. It's been like a rough like three days, and then I start to feel normal. I think that's just wild. I think mainly for you too, because it you are always ready to sleep. What do you mean? Like, you should be tired where it's like, it could be 7 o'clock at night, and you're like, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fall. I sleep. When I get sick, actually, it didn't happen for a long time. When I would get sick, I would just be like, oh, I'm on vacation, so I'm just going to stay up for as long as possible. But when now when I get sick, I sleep. I just sleep every day, the whole day away. Yeah. Do you guys have any like any remedies for when you get sick? Like things that you do that like make you feel better? Like for Monique and I feel like most people they'll have soup that makes them feel better. I don't I'm not a big soup guy. Really? Cuz I seem to remember you guys making chicken noodle soup. Yeah, but not consistent. Giant ass pot. Yes. So that was because it was, it was cold good, outside though. and Monique wanted soup. Then she got sick so I made her soup again. It was like that 2 week span. But like if I'm sick the last thing I really want is soup. Like I, I never really eat it. Like I go, I can go for chili. Chili when you're sick, I like chili. That's disgusting. I know it's kind of weird. Chili, and then I'll drink a, I'll drink a lot of like, like uh, Capri Suns. Yeah, I like I fast, and then I break my fast with like a bunch of just like a green juice or something like a bunch of greens. Just try to get as much nutrients as I can. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was just cup of noodles. I was so not healthy. But it was just warm. The last I fasted the last time, I felt good. I felt like I got better quicker. But before that, I would just go like full vegetarian and just eat nothing but like vegetables and have juices and stuff. And that one seemed to be pretty good too. So we'll see what I how I feel in the morning and kind of what I decide to do. What about like mentally? What do you do when you're sick mentally? Fucking sleep. That's it. Just sleep. That's all I can think about. 
The three M's, dude. Sleeping and watch. Oh, yeah. Well, three M's, obviously. Uh Medicate, masturbate, meditate. You know what I mean? You got the order wrong. Meditate, medicate, masturbate. Yeah. Hmm. But you also what? But I also watch a lot of TV, like anime, cartoons. I have a lot of feel-good shows. So, you know, my feel-good shows have always been cartoons. So I'll watch, like, you know, the old Nightwing Ducks or Nightwing Duck, something like that. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. And then I'll watch, you know. I forgot about that show. Yeah, I love that show. Or I'll, I'll just watch classics, and that makes me feel better, and then I'll fall asleep and wake up to it, you know, repeatedly throughout the day, and that's that's prime. If I could do that all day, I would, but unfortunately, you can't be sick all the time. No, no you can't. Being sick I, fucking sucks. I don't know if I have any. I usually start a new anime because it's like when I'm sick, it's not that I'm open to new things, but it's more of like I'm just going to turn this on, and I get too lazy yeah. To go get the yeah. remote that I have to give it a shot. You know what I mean? So then it's like, oh, uh, I, I mean, I guess I'll sit here and, and watch this because, like, it's going to take me four episodes. And if after the fourth episode I really hate it, then I got to get up and go change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. This, the, the sleeping is like, it's just, it's just like a, it's a human power. Like, it just revitalizes you every time. Yeah, man. Gets your body some rest. So. The worst part is when you're super sick and then it takes you like, like, you know, you're getting better, but it takes like four days. Like you keep going to sleep, wake up, you feel a little better, but not all the way. And then you have to go to work and do things and you're still like not a hundred percent. Those are the worst ones. Those are definitely the worst ones. But I mean, this whole weekend we were just running around so much that I think I was just like, I might also just be sleep deprived too, which kind of doesn't necessarily help. On Saturday, we got to celebrate Caleb's birthday. Shouty touty. Happy birthday, Colobo. Happy birthday, Sea Dog. And we went to Huntington Beach. We had a bonfire. It was very cold and so cold. Windy. I actually was expecting it to be colder, to be honest with you. I don't yeah. know if I just like went through, the, like went to an extreme in my head. And so since it wasn't that, like there was no ice just hanging from my nose. I was it, like, wasn't it, that bad? If it wasn't so windy, I would have jumped in the water. Yeah. I feel like jumping in and shocking your system is fun like that. So I feel like I would have done that, but it was like I was wrapped in a jacket the whole time. I was like, it's too windy for this shit. I can't do it. Yeah, so we did that. Got to hang out, have a bonfire. It's where the ultimate spike ball showdown happened. I was off, bro. I was having a bad day. Like I said, you you were getting, you got up twice, and then and then you just lost it. it it. it. You would just try to get to the ball, but you would get like just just short enough. Yeah. I choked, man. I pulled the David. Although all those videos, those videos looked really good. The videos I was playing? No, the ones that Rachel, the one with you slamming it. Oh yeah, and it was like two dives going through. Those yeah, it was good cool. looking videos. But yeah, we did that, and then Sunday was Easter. Yeah, Easter. That was fun. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a good Easter. It was nice to hang out with family. I got there a little early. Got to dance with my mom and my aunt for a while, and just play music and you know be silly and decorate cupcakes and. Do stuff like that, which I really enjoyed. And then um, me, Caleb, and Aubrey, Aubrey, Caleb, and I made Brooks an Easter egg basket. Aubrey flew in. No, no, no. Aubrey just helped out and helped us figure out how to put things together. Uh, over the phone. Yes. Yeah, she was very helpful. And then Matt and Mo made, made him an Easter egg basket. And my mom, my auntie, and Jared made the other Easter, bakes, Easter egg basket. So it was just like Christmas for Brooks again. Yeah. You know, He's very into Christmas nowadays. He loves Christmas right now. Yeah, he like understood the concept of it after. So you go over and they're just what, playing Jingle Bells. What concept? The concept of Santa or the concept of presents? Both. No, I guess not presents because he understood presents from his birthday, but he just understands that Santa, or as he calls him, Ho-Ho, brings him presents. So I think we sing Jingle Bells for like, 10 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. He loves that song. He man. loves that song. Loves that song. Just wait song. till I show him Jingle Bell Rock, dude. What yeah. are you going to do if he doesn't like rock and roll? I mean, he has a Metallica t-shirt now. He has to. What if, what if he just doesn't, though? Like, like you get excited? And what if he just likes, like, EDM only? Or, or just Baby Shark. Like, his whole life. That's all he likes. <laughs> <laughs> we would have, We would go to a therapist. <laughs> That's the only thing he listens to on the radio baby shark but what did you do for easter uh we played ba- uh, basketball we played baseball on saturday which uh not really easter but it's just like we always do it the day before easter we played softball game and that went really fun 
didn't just realize, I like realized like how, I guess, not normal that is and how, you know, kind of sentimental it is to be able to play baseball and you got all the younger kids coming in, which is great in their own uh, sense, but also they're just not good enough or just what? they suck and they really, it's a time killer because they want to bat all the time. <laughs> uh, and you got to let them hit, you know, hit their home runs and run all the way around the base and stuff. But like, just the idea, you everyone had their own walk up songs, and you get the the feel of like, oh, being in the majors, and it's just you're all with your family and stuff. That, and then on Easter, it was interesting. I was talking to Annalise about this too, and I think it's the same with you guys. Like, I asked her how hers was, and she was like, well, because she wasn't here. But she was like, yeah, usually it's just you know my family and Mitch's, and I'm like, so two. She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, we have to deal with four because we have four sides to our family. So we would we have my mom's side that we can go see and then my dad's side and then her mom's side and her dad's side. And Mitch was like, my mom's family is in Texas. And, you yeah. know, my dad's just the brother, just my uncle. <sighs> so not having to, you know, she doesn't have to deal with that kind of scheduling, which it sounded like you guys did because you're running around all over the place at least you with monique but even then it was just your aunt and then her family right yeah i mean um we could have gone and seen dad i don't know what he was doing all day but um yeah it it was just that for us i mean it used to be way more complicated but it, i think there was a point where everything was a fucking hassle yeah but I, I think we just got to a point where we were like no we're going here this is where we're gonna be if you want to see us come come there yeah and just kind of because it, it's too exhausting like it's just so much running around and stuff so for me i was just like all right i'll we'll see both sides but if anyone else wants to see me they're gonna have to come to me because it's just a lot yeah so i think i had a good amount of time to enjoy the family and enjoy the holiday as a whole and i was able to go back home at my own point in time whenever i felt ready and then aunt vicky did my laundry which was very nice Dang, got spoiled. She folded and everything, man. Dang. You just try and do your laundry everywhere other than here. Well, we're currently having this washer situation. Issue. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. So I understand why he did it this time. Normally, he's just bougie, and he's like, I just want to get it done in one load. Yeah, I you know, get it done in one or two loads and just hang out with Dad and drink you got beer. got no stamina. Dog. Granted, this is we do have the smallest washer I've ever seen in my entire it's, life. It's so... So what say I'm putting so in washer for ants. Say I'm, <laughs> <laughs> say I'm putting in two loads, right? For one load that I would put in my washer at home at my dad's house, it takes me about six to do here. That much. It's fucking small. Have you seen it? Have you ever actually like stopped, David? Have you ever stopped and looked at my washer? No. It's small. Stop. Wait a minute. Pull the washer out. Look up in it. I don't know. I made that up. But yeah, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> so, and then uh, we got to watch Brooks do his Easter egg hunt. That which was, was entertaining. That was entertaining in of itself. He started realizing that it was him by himself. Yeah, he's the only child. We just watched him. You know, I was gonna do it, but then I was the one who also hit it. So I was like, "This game, I'm cheating. this is rigged. I know where all I'm the cheating eggs are if at. I'm doing this." And I knew the one that had the money in it and everything. So you know what was interesting I put the money though in it, so. is I don't know if so. They're they're he's learning colors. Right, so we get, we got the rainbow down, but there was gold. There was a gold egg, and it was interesting to see him. He looked at it multiple times, but didn't grab it because I think he just registered like the colors that he knows and the eggs. That's what he could go grab. So it was weird. I was like, did we just introduce him to like a new color? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's the first time like he's ever like. You know, acknowledge like this is yeah, gold. Yeah, he completely just didn't touch it. In the sense of gold, is in like it was reflective and glossy rather than like the matte colors of the other ones. Well, I mean, the color was gold, but I also think that has something to do with it too. I'd... I mean, what color? What what does the color gold look like? I feel like gold inherently is reflective. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like it's more of a mirror. Yeah, compared to the other like rainbow colors, which are. Even if they have a shine to they're, it, they're distinctive. Still, they're yeah. distinctive colors. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of one. I don't know who if it was Caleb or Jared. It was one of those two. Definitely hid one of the, the golden eggs up in a tree. There was no way Brooks was going to get there or find it. Um, but they were committed. It's probably Aubrey. It was like, funny. Hey, gymnast, get up there. <laughs> it was funny when we were we were hiding the eggs. Monique was the. Only, I was like putting them wherever, and Monique's like, Matt, <laughs> he doesn't look up. Like you have to put it at eye level or below him if you want him to see it. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. 
And so I had to like move all the eggs I was hiding. I did not even take that into consideration. It's funny because I remember how clumsy he used to be. To see him, go- I put one behind a, like a skateboard almost, like sitting on the wheels. And he reached in there, and I was like, that whole thing's going down. And he grabbed the egg and pulled it out and put it down. I was like, wow. I guess that toddler stage where he just runs into everything is gone, and I'm yeah, kind of sad. Where his like, head kind of leans forward, yeah. and the rest of his body's just <laughs> trying to keep up with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that um, made me think of when I was reading the Be Like Water, my friend, the author is Bruce Lee's daughter, and you know, he died when she was like four. And she talks about how she's like, I didn't know my father, but I knew my father. She's like, I don't have any memories of him, but I, I, I know that I know him on a deep level. And she was like, because I always felt his essence around me and what his essence was in regards as like as a father to me and as a person she's like that's what i remember when i think of my father not any specific memories and i think brooks definitely at the age where he's not forming memories he's not going to remember this easter but But the feeling of it do you yeah do you think you know if you try and think when you were little do you think that's like a, a concrete like argument that i feel like that's like you know, like I don't remember my first or second Easter, but I knew when something I knew when something was going to happen, and I and I got excited for it. Like I think that's the feeling. So like, Brooks can still correlate that feeling with that holiday without really remembering what he did for it. I think he just feels the hype. You know what I mean? So I get it. I can I can sen- I can vouch for that probably. Yeah, I think there's a an energy in the air when you know at least for him right now, like his other set of grandparents live down in Fallbrook. So, you know, he's got to get packed up and ready to go when he leaves, you know, his family out here, they go down there for a couple of days. So I think he understands the hustle and bustle of stuff, but I mean, just like Christmas, he didn't understand it until afterwards. And then afterwards he like, kind of like was able to piece it together. Right. And so I think that there comes a, like, I don't know how to just to describe it. Like, you know how like scents are really strong, like, like your parents' house, whenever I go over for Christmas, it smells the same, right? And so it's like there's certain things that are markers for me where if I don't get that during the, the holiday season, it doesn't really feel like that season happened. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what Brooks is kind of establishing, you know, like Vicky's, the smell of Vicky's house. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's something that's very distinct and lets me know even if my eyes were closed, I could tell you exactly where I was at. Or I could tell you, you know, what time of the year it is just based off of those, like, sensory, you know, factors. Yeah, like Christmas candles, man. When I smell one Christmas candle, I get filled with joy. Just so so happy. And I, it's just that smell just brings back memories. So hopefully one day some Brooks may have something similar. I don't know. He's, he's his own person. But I, I hope that when he looks back on things like this, he'll have good memories because I think – that was that's all we're trying to do. That's all I want to do. Just make sure he has good memories. So do you reserve that for Christmas only, or do you do you use that sometimes to there, to get those emotions? The smell the rest of the year, like like you just said, the smell of a Christmas candle. So do you only light Christmas candles at Christmas time yes. to keep that association, or do you use it, you know, throughout the year if no. you like need that serotonin or that dopamine or something? No, because it makes me sad. Because you know it's not sad Christmas. that it's not Christmas. Yeah, that's <laughs> literally, it makes me sad that Christmas isn't around the corner. Like, like I start using those candles maybe, think maybe during November. November's pre-Christmas, so it's like it's go time for me. You know, November's David's birthday. I know, but also pre-Christmas. No, November twenty-fifth. Just stop. You're close. You're closer than Matt always is. It's the twenty-sixth. It's not. <laughs> it's twenty seventh. Yes. <laughs> but there was a long time where Matt would be like, "Yeah, it's November like fourth, fourth, the beginning." <laughs> I don't know, bro. I was grounded. I can never go to your parties. Do you remember your first memory? I don't know if this was exactly it, but I know I remember watching In Sync perform at the Madison Square Garden at my great grandma's house because my parents were out, so we went there and we recorded it. And That's everything. cool. And that was that was nineteen. No, that was. 2000 so i was like five or six but i know i can I, I know that memory like rather than trying to like remember that memory i like can see it 
I remember my first memory of Christmas. What was it? We were just talking about it, so it was in my head. I woke up and I ran into Matthew's room. And I remember looking back and we used to have a hallway door and the hallway door was shut. But you could see like just the glimmers of red and green and just a yellow, like all the colors of Christmas colors just shining under the the door. And I ran to his room and I shook him because I couldn't wake up mom. Matthew had to wake up mom. I don't know why that was a thing. Well, no, the, the, no, there wasn't a thing. The difference was I'd be like, hey, mom, mom, I think Santa came. And she, okay, honey. Right? Doll and open the door. Mom, Santa's here. And then re- would r- like run out. The delivery. Yeah, delivery was different. So I, I woke Matthew up. To be fair, I think you thought you were going, Mom, Mom, I think Santa's here. But Dalton knows that Frankenstein walked into your bed. This Mom. is, is past that That's going to get her up faster. <laughs> so uh, he, he went over there, woke her up, and then we ran to the living room. And I remember looking and seeing just the tree and then looking down and seeing just mountains of presents and then just sitting down just waiting and that's just like that was like a core memory of mine i want to say my first memory is someone picking me up i don't know who it was but i I, it was me no it wasn't it was someone picking me up and it was an adult not a five-year-old that's i looked like an adult to you but when do when do kids start actually like obtaining memories i want to say around like first grade I have no idea kindergarten or first grade I, I've, I've had three different conversations with people that like I haven't seen in a very long time and they've brought up specific things like clear memories to them yeah and I have zero recollection of it at all hmm. luckily they're all like good things so I'm like oh awesome but I I'm convinced that I don't remember a lot of my like my past like People tell me things that I said or did, and it, it clearly had an impact on them. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But I don't, I literally don't remember, which is odd because I feel like I remember so much about people. Like, at least the people that I was talking to, I remember stuff about them, but I don't remember these like memories or experiences. Or like when you and Caleb, you'll talk about stuff, like I'll kind of have a memory about it, but it's nowhere near as like Vivid. clear as you guys talk about it. Yeah. How do do you think it's because you need like a scent? You need like a something to activate the memory in a way. When you guys talk about it, I'll remember it, but I don't think I can remember it on my own if I'm just sitting here. I'm like, oh, when I was five, what you know, what's a memory that I have? I mean, it might not even actually be your memory. That's what I'm saying. It could just be your simulation of what that you've heard it so many times from them. You can picture where you were in that situation and then create a visual. Here's the thing, though, is that like everybody's memory. It's just the memory of the last time they remembered it. It's yeah. not actually the actual event, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's why certain, like sometimes things get changed. You know, that's why you can have four different people all have the same experience, and they all everything's it varies slightly, right? And I, I've been wondering that too, which then kind of makes me feel like you know this weird feeling of like, so do I just not remember my childhood at all? You know, mm. like I'm gonna choose to believe that those are my memories, like you know, but. There's been multiple times where somebody will say something and it will unlock something for me. But I can't I don't think I could have gotten there on my own. Yeah. You know? How how do you stay present? Do you try to stay present during the day? Yeah. Sometimes. So like the way I'm trying to explain it is I I I always make it like a a very big thing for me to always practice staying present, always practice, you know, feeling my body. And feeling like trying to smell, trying just keeping everything going throughout in, the day. Instead of, I I can get lost in my head a lot, and I and I know that about myself. I can, I can just like I can do a whole day, and there's times where I've worked a crazy day. I don't remember any of it because I was just in my head. I was just handling the situation, and then I was done. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like me being there. It was just I was just kind of going, you know, autopilot. So I don't want to do that. You know, that's not what I want for life. So I try to focus on staying present and taking in moments. Right. So like we were all at the the bonfire and, you know, it's all my favorite people in one spot. So I took a moment to like sit back and just take a deep breath in, smell everything, feel my body, breathe out and just look at everybody and just really try 
my version of admiring the moment of admiring the people around me and just being happy and that was my that that's my that's my way of making a memory is by taking a moment and taking everything in and trying to be as present as possible throughout the night i think those are called sense memories could be like senses are very strong yeah more than just like an awareness it's it's a not like a portal but it's like a connecting point you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. if you touch something then all you got to think about is that sensation of touch or especially smells and because you just have to think about that smell yeah or you smell it and that'll recall that sense memory you know you think about what you're listening to or i think sight's probably the hardest one to make a sense memory with but all those other ones because they rely on other things make it easier to to you know kind of set that milestone in place do you guys try to do anything like that i don't i feel like i should but i think most of the time it's just i just if i think about a situation something will stick but Mm -hmm. not like all of it got it i think mine's a little less intentional like i mean i did the same thing at the at the beach i was like man this is awesome like you know sitting there talking with everybody listening to everybody laugh and stuff you know and i just took a moment to just look around and admire everybody and you know but i don't think i was like you know feeling the sand beneath my feet and you know doing all that stuff to try and drill it into my brain it was just more of like a i do this pretty often if i'm some like somewhere you know a special event or something i'll take a moment to try and just enjoy you know, in the, in the moment before I start talking or whatever. So kind of. Okay. The other thing that freaked me out was that John's nephew, Dylan came up to me and was like, Hey, you want to play catch after everything was done? So I was playing catch and I was just asking him questions. I was like, what grade are you in? He was like third grade. And I was like, Oh, who's your best friend? And I'm looking at him and he doesn't look like he's in third grade. But again, he also looks like, he just looks like a child to me. I can't distinguish what ages are. But like once he said third grade, that was something that like grounded me. And I was like, I had a best friend in third grade. You know, I'd slept over at their house. I know that I remember that feeling of what a best friend felt like versus the other friends you had in class. Mm -hmm. So then it was like weird to like then ask him questions. He'd never slept over anyone's house. I'm like, you're in third grade. You never slept over anyone's house. You never had anyone sleep over. Like, nope. Only Caleb. But just pretty much it kind of do and so especially i mean and that's why I, you can't really do it with brooks because brooks is still too young for you to remember what it was like at his that best time. friend is his mom mama he hates me and matthew but i guess if you were to no, think he loves back me. if you were to think back from like when your dad's side of the family i think came over to when you guys were still at the house and you, know, you had the the younger cousins that were there you know looking at them and being like oh i trying to Think of how full their minds are in the age that we're at now. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you look at kids and you're like, oh, you're just a kid. You're just thinking about simple things. I, I, I always get caught up in the idea of kids like they're experiencing the world for the first time, like Brooks with the color gold. Right. And all of our cousins are on our mom's side. And it, it's cool because like, you know, we always start the world with this childlike wonder where everything is new. Everything's an adventure. And. I think that's why our memories are so full at that time because everything is new. So we have to be fully present to experience it all. And then as we get older, we end up in these day-to-day cycles that look pretty similar, which I think is a very good and positive thing. But I think it's also important to kind of break out of that cycle every once in a while. That's why I think vacations are really big moments for people. I think that's why they have a lot of memories about vacations because – it's that one time out of the year or two times out of the year that you can break out of that cycle and go do something that you wouldn't normally do. And I think that creates an experience in and of itself for that. You know, I don't know if I answered your question, but just, uh, well, I mean, I think we look at kids and we think their minds are pretty simple, but then when you think in this, in, in, in the sense of like complex relationships and not so much, you know, experience I think is different than thought process. One is much kids, more inst- instinctual. Kids, I, I think kids' minds are simple because it's instinctual, but that doesn't make understanding the world easy. I think it makes it simple because they understand four structures or four ways of thinking, 
and these things need to fit into these four boxes otherwise it's just you know they they just don't even like they disregard it but it's not easy to understand the world because you you haven't developed the cognitive function to understand complex dynamics of relationships and that makes navigating the world kind of scary and kind of hard but at the same time it's they're excited about things when they fit into those four simple structures because it coincides with the way that they view the world, right? So I think that's why a lot of things, when they look at a place for a kid, they don't have the complex thinking process to understand that, oh, that's okay, that's just out of place. They're like, something's very wrong because this is the wrong box and this fits in there because that shouldn't be there, just doesn't look right. Then they, they react on emotion, they get flooded with adrenaline and they don't understand how to control that. So simple but not easy is I, I think the way that I see kids because I never see a kid that doesn't have a thousand things running through their mind or that doesn't remember when you promised them fucking ice cream if they did x y and z three months ago and they did it and you didn't know and then you see them again and they're like where's my fucking ice cream you know I think you have more experience with that yeah yeah definitely that portion of it but yeah i don't know if i would say i don't think easy is the right word simple but you know i think that at the same time there's a lot of experiencing things for the first time which can be very complicated for kids you know especially if they don't have parents that are able to express to them how to experience emotions you know like you know i mean even right now like brooks is gonna be too when he's mad, he's mad. There's no arguing with Brooks as to why he shouldn't be mad. You know, like they're by nature, just their nature, you know? Yeah. And I think for, I mean, working with kids so much, I feel like I've kind of narrowed a lot of things down for how to handle their crisis situations. It's normally based on emotion. Everything for them is emotion. They're learning about how to feel. So it's, it goes through these four, these four options. It's angry, happy, sad, or excited. If it's any of those three, there's not really anything in between. You can combine them, but other than that, it's normally one of those four. But the way the way I would approach kids, and I and I do still, is if they have a, a situation, I have them first. I don't I don't ever go in telling them that somebody's wrong. You did this wrong. I don't ever say that. I always make sure I ask them like, okay, what did what happened? And they tell me how they how it happened. And I go, okay, what did you do? And they tell me what they did. And I go, okay, what did they do? They tell me what they did. And I go, okay, now how do you feel? And they, they tell me how they feel during that whole situation. And then I go, okay, how do you think they felt? And then they, they always take a step back and they they don't recognize that, right? They don't think about those things. They don't think about other kids feeling certain things. They just think everyone's just a person and, you know, they can handle it themselves. But at the end of the day, like, you have to recognize and kind of correlate. So that's my way of getting them to start critically thinking in situations where there is, you know, feeling involved because you can't let that control you, you know? Isn't there an age, too, where it's like if you ask, like, for instance, when we were really young, if my mom would have asked me if you had a brother, like, Matt, does Dalton have a brother? I'd have been like, yeah, I'm Dalton's brother. Do you have a brother? And I'd be like, no. Like, they, they don't understand that it goes, like, certain, like, easy connections like that you know mm-hmm. i think that goes with what you're saying where it's like in that scenario they understand how it made them feel but they don't understand that other people have emotions too mm-hmm. so being able to link those two things together is huge because i i know people that have grown up and they still don't think like that you know what i mean yeah yeah i think that's that's probably the most beneficial part of my job is i could teach them how to critically think about things and empathize and empathize and understand and for a lot of the younger ones, they they tend to they tend to correlate with it pretty well. There still are those. I mean, I do have a lot of different children, so I, some of them don't understand. I feel like the younger ones are easier because they genuinely just don't think mm-hmm. that way. So when you do, they're much more receptive to yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't like that. So yeah. that makes sense yeah. compared to the older ones. They're like, no, 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 I get it, but I I don't care about your feelings as much as I care about my feelings. So Mm -hmm. it's that sense of like, exactly, you know, setting it aside, which I think is a lot of people as they get older. I was like, I feel like they know that what the other person's feeling, they just don't care. And it's crazy how we've all, we're at that age. We've all lived through it, but yet we still can't understand it. You know what I mean? 
Like it's just one of those things that we will always look back on. Even when we're 50, we're going to look back on when we were 25 and be like, what was going on then? You know what I mean? It's hard to look back. And I think it's hard to remember. And I, I mean, I guess that's why, you know, you have all these issues with youth doesn't extend, doesn't understand experience, but experience can't remember what youth felt like. Yeah. yeah. Especially in, in the simplest of ways, whereas like we were driving home on Saturday and it takes 40 minutes to get home. You know, that's not a problem for us. And I think back to like, when we would drive to my grandma's when I was eight or nine and that was 20 minutes and it felt, and like, it forever. felt like hours. It felt like an hour. And I'm like, I'm really going to have to remember that when we have kids. Cause it's something where it's like, Oh, let's go see grandma and grandpa. It feels to us like, Oh, it's just a simple, you know, quick half hour trip. But every time we go, it's going to be half a day for yeah. the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. I remember that the drive to the little grandma. Oh God. Took forever, and the drive back home took even longer. Yep, it was yep. the worst. And of course, Rachel's just like, "Give him a DS." It's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Let's play some Animal Crossing that's, on the way. That's one way to do it. Uh, speaking of earlier though, and and there was no way to get into it. But you guys were talking about you know how you start animes and stuff when you're sick, and whatnot. But there was, would you use an anime for exercise? So I was actually just talking to Caleb about this. I told him, I was like, I was never really into like, like flexibility and figuring out your body and stuff like that. I would just like, you know, work out a workout. But like, I've watched so much anime for like a long time now. And there was, uh, it was the, it was Hunter x Hunter and Naruto that I was watching for a while. And I was like, it's, it's. It, it made me want to be flexible and have a body type that I knew I could use and be versatile with. But also, like, I wanted my energy to match my body, you know? So if I was healthy with my body, I want to be healthy energetically. So I was combining those two animes and kind of started making more of a, making more of a switch to be more flexible, to stretch out my body, to really, you know, be happy with what I have and how to proceed with it. And those animes actually like got me inspired to you know do it, and I've been doing it ever since. And now I have great hip fl- hip mobility. You know what I mean? I feel like you asked that for a specific. I did. That was a good answer. It's not the answer I was looking for. So That's that, the answer you're gonna it wasn't get. even. Uh, it wasn't even about like the philosophies of the show. There's there's a guy that decided that he was. It's one of those, and they do it kind of a lot, where it's like you know drawing a picture every day until so and so does this. Blah, blah, blah. This guy said, I'm going to day one of exercising. I saw this until I finish one piece. Oh, Jesus. And it looks like he's watching one episode per day. He's never. I mean, he's going to be fit for a very long time. If he does it right, he'll be fit. I mean, he could still work out every day and not have results. But if he does it right, then, yeah, he's going to be shredded. And so I guess is that an approach or a direction that you guys would take with something like that slash which show would it be that I've seen or that I haven't seen either. Like if I get to re-experience I really liked Hunter X Hunter. That ride was fun. Either that or yeah, I, I, it'd probably be that one. Cause that's like a hundred episodes. Right? Yeah, it, it would be that. And I think that's a good, if you know, you're really, you really like something. I think that's a good motivator because it's like, if I don't do this, I don't get to, I don't get to watch. And I, my, my enjoyment of watching is stronger than the pain of this workout. I think that's like the, the equation that people are doing. Cause I've, I've read things where it's like, you know, if you're reading a book, get your favorite candy. And whether that's, let's say it's gummy bears, put a gummy bear on each chapter. And every time you get to the chapter, you eat the gummy bear. And what's funny is when I first heard this, I thought of you with grapes. I was like, that would be David, but with grapes. Just this fucking. Is that what you would do? I I have seen would. this man eat more grapes than I've seen anybody else eat food in you their like entire grapes, life. Huh? Every day, it's just easy to pull them off the thing and then stick them in a little baggie, and there's your lunch. Grapes for lunch every day. There's a there's a part of it. Oh, part of lunch. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that though. It'd definitely be Hunter. What, what about you? Might probably be uh, Kingdoms. It's Kingdom. One, it's one of my favorite animes ever made, and uh, everyone else refuses to watch it. But that show is like amazing, so it gives it gives you kind of everything you want, you know, in a show. 
and I feel like if I could, I would, I would work out to watch that show for sure. But I think for Matt and I, we've been so like, tr- like, so consistent for so long with training that we don't really need the, the, the drive to go. So what would you use that for? So I think I'd use it differently. I think I'd use it as a motivator to watch a show that I want to watch, but like can't bring myself to. So like Gotham, I watched one season of Gotham. I would love to watch all five seasons. It's 20 episodes a season. They're an hour long. It's really hard to, to kind of commit to that. But if I knew that every day I didn't watch Gotham, I'd have to work out. That would make me want to watch. That would get <laughs> me through that. the show. I feel you know? that. Um, Instead of in tandem, it's like one or the other. Mm-hmm, you know, you either mm-hmm. watch an episode or you work out. Yeah. Maybe that's not the best idea, David. Why? Just I feel like you should be working out too. Well, yeah. The idea is that you should want to work out too. But You're going to have more fun watching Gotham at the end of it. But that's where... Yeah, so then not working out because obviously you guys do it, but what's something? Then I guess it doesn't even matter what the show is, but what's the object that you would? Put I was in on place a diet. If you want a diet, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like I've done that unknowingly though. Is I've I've been wanting like there's times where I'm dieting hard, and I'm like I I really want to eat. I gotta distract myself, but then I just find a bomb ass anime to watch, and I'm just stuck on it, and I forget to eat. So it works out. Or just drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. One of those two. I think for me, it'd be something work-related, like prospecting or some aspect of my job that I don't like. I'd be like, okay, if you do this many calls or this many prospecting emails a day, you can play Elden Ring. Mm. It'd have to be something I'm like hyper-focused on. Otherwise, I wouldn't care enough to... to that makes sense. To make that a reward, you know? So win for a win. Yeah. I guess these are all just method, like alternatives of the carrot method yeah right? pretty much what would so what would the one be with one piece and working out it makes you want to watch more of the show because you want to stop working out no you, or is it you just want to connect the two it, i don't i don't know about like connecting the two so it's like you get ex- i mean it would work where you ed- would end up getting excited to work out because you know that that means you get to go watch one piece yeah but i think initially it would be just nothing more than like I have to do this if I want to know what happens on the next episode. Yeah, but you also have to have the discipline to turn it off after that one episode. I know myself; I would probably not. At least three. But I think One Piece three. is a show where it's like that's fine compared to animes that I've are watched one, one piece. piece seasons. Okay, I watched One Piece. It's not that kind of show. I watched like I can't. You can't just watch one. You have to watch at least five episodes in one city. You have to watch the arc. Yeah, yeah. You have to finish. Kind of like how Clone Wars is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mini movies. Oh man, Clone Wars. That that's a good one too. Watch that. Five seasons. Oh yeah, that's good enough. It just gets better. So over the weekend, was it over the weekend? Was it part of like Good Friday or something? That would make sense. There was a plane. I don't think anything was wrong with it. Nope. I think you want to. There's up going. So there's a plane that was up about thirty thousand feet in the air. And there was a – do we know what where that group was going or, or what? So there, there's a plane up in the air, and it looks like there's some type of, like, church or youth group on it. They're probably going on a mission or something. And one of them decides to bust out their guitar and play some worship music 30,000 feet in the air for everybody on the plane. And um, if that's not the most camp counselor thing I've ever heard in my entire life, then I don't, I don't know what is. But it was interesting for me to to see that clip because if I would have watched that clip probably like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, I think I would have seen it in a very different lens than I do now. Because even now, like like I can understand the, the sentiment and I can understand why. But at the same time, I'm kind of like looking at, at it now. I'm like, that's just obnoxious. It's like, intrusive. That too, because like, you know, a couple years ago, it would have been like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I would totally like want to do that, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm sitting there and there's like one guy that you can see is just very like not okay with it, you know, the entire time. And I'm like, that's just not cool. Yeah. Like if it was a whole plane of, of 
if it's everybody from the church or whatever, yeah. right? But it, like you, you don't you don't know, and yeah. I I I don't know. I could get into it for a while, but it was just interesting to like see that. And I even talked to Monique. I was like, you know, what's funny is a couple years ago, I probably would have seen this entire thing in a very very different light. You know what I mean? But now that I'm looking at, it, I'm like, man, that's that's that sounds fucking annoying. Yeah, I'd be I'd be annoyed. I, I just like <clears throat> there. There's a time and place for everything, and I think a plane isn't the time or the place. You know, there's a lot more grumpier people on a plane. And, and well, yeah, what I mean, I guess what marks the difference of that versus like on a subway or even on a subway station. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And I think that um, you know, like Christianity, I know can can get a bad rap for uh, being a little intrusive and making you believe. And I think that just, I think that's what people outside the bubble are seeing, you know, like, Oh, they're just another bunch of Christians trying to get people to be more Christian, blah, blah, blah. But you know, like I, like, I, like Mike Matthew said, like, I understand why they wanted to do it, but it's not okay. You know, it's just kind of an ass. You're just being asses. Like shut the fuck up and sit down. That's all you gotta do. It's not hard. So, you know, I, I don't I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. It's just funny to watch because everyone's all pissed on it. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think has more claim? The people saying, like, this is rude. You shouldn't have done this in the first place. Or the people being like, or the people saying, if you don't like it, put he- headphones in. It's rude. I think when you say who has more claim, what do you mean? It's it's basically two sides of the same coin where it's like if you don't like it, do something else to block it out. And the other people are like, I don't like it, so it shouldn't be happening in the first place. How would you feel if somebody just started, you know, like had their baby on the plane and their baby started crying the entire time and mm-hmm. they just handed you their baby and just left it there? Or that person decided that they wanted to go sit in the seat right next to you and you got up and they sat down and they were sitting really wide legged and and I feel like there's these unspoken expectations on a plane that need to be, you know, upheld. While I don't think there's a rule that says don't, you know, play worship music 30,000 feet in the air. I think there's like a rule where like an unspoken like understanding of we're all going to sit here and I that can make the same like case and point like if you really want to listen to worship music, put your headphones on, like listen to it. That's fine. You know what I mean? But I think that doing things that are over the top for, I don't want to say for social media. Cause I don't know if that's really the intent, but you know, I just think like, just don't be obnoxious. Like put your headphones in. Unless they went to everybody in the plane and was like, Hey, is it okay? Hey, is it okay if I do this? Hey, is it okay if I do this? If they didn't do that. Then they don't really need to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just it just came off disrespectful. I think they could have handled that a little better. Maybe just wait to get off the plane. I don't know. Crazy thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, something else that happened over the weekend. I'll, I'll, I'll get into this one first because this one's funnier. There was a guy who it was his birthday, and the company is known for having like you know cakes on their birthday and coming out and singing and stuff. And this guy was like, "Please, please." Do not do any of that for my birthday. I'm telling you now, don't do that for my birthday. And they did it anyway. And they brought him out and this guy started having a panic attack about it. Mm -hmm. And he took off and ran outside to like get through it and let it pass. And then he came back in and everyone was, he was, he came back in and was reprimanded for ruining the mood and uh, killing the vibe for everyone. He was reprimanded? Yeah. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Why? If they asked, like, if someone came to me and was, like, sincerely asking to not do it, I wouldn't do it, you know? I feel like that's just common sense. Like, not everybody has the same perception on birthdays, you know? Like, me and Matt don't really go, we don't think too much about our birthdays. Like, it's just, like, yeah, it's a day. We were born that day, but, like, you know, life's still going on. So, we don't, we don't really try to make big things about it. You know, except for maybe just throw parties because we can now we can have a reason to throw a party, but we don't look too deep into it. And, you know, like Mo loves her birthdays, like her family, like when they celebrate birthdays, they celebrate birthdays. You know what I mean? And like your family, your family loves birthdays. Like you guys have a whole system for birthdays and it's not not anything that me, Matthew, were ever used to. Now we're a part of it. But, 
you know, like it's it's just one of those things. Everyone has a different perception on what a birthday is to them, and you just got to respect what they believe in. It's it's their day, after all. Don't you want to do what they want to do? My birthday gift from you is to not throw me a birthday party. I'm uh, pretty sure I've heard Matthew say those words. I I begin to question if this would have been a thing if it was like a religious reason why they didn't celebrate their birthday. You know what I mean? And so, granted, I I just read the article. There was a slip up where the HR person says that they forgot that this person had requested it and then they had it if that's the case and i understand but also too like some people when they do become overstimulated they have things like panic attacks or they go into some type of shock so this person understands that about themselves and comes over and asks that like yeah i think this person has every right to you know be upset and i understand that you know the company wanted to do something very nice like this sounds super super thoughtful and you know some people would really really enjoy that it'd be a surprise like, oh guys i told you not to do it and they'd feel special but for other people it's like a real thing like please don't you know what i mean so maybe he just understood that being overstimulated in that way or that much attention will cause him to have a panic attack and that might be something from his past that he's experienced but you know i think if somebody asks you to do or not do something well and then so then does it kind of undermine it when you have people that are like no guys no no yeah kind of i mean everyone's different though they're all gonna do different shit yeah but do you think that creates a sort of exception and in the general consensus yeah like i don't want it but come on give it to me i I think yeah that's a problem like then they kind of place that that's the that's the way they think about everyone yeah, but I feel like when somebody's being serious and they're telling you not to do something, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. There's you know no I mean? smirk. There's yeah, no. Yeah, it's like no. There's no, no, no eye contact. Seriously, you know. Yeah. And I think it's more on the you know the HR person or the company to be like, hey, are you sure? Okay. So what about then that he came back and was reprimanded for killing the mood because that, he had a panic attack? I think that's dumb because. If somebody's having a panic attack or some type of, you know, they should be your first priority, priority, regardless of whatever is happening in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a messy situation, that one. Going a little bit farther, the, the next day he got called in to the manager's office with the HR and then they were reprimanding him more about like having a panic attack or whatever. And then he had another one in the room. So then they sent him home for a couple of days. And they're like, we need you to take a couple of days, kind of, you know, get everything settled out, figure yourself out. And then at the end of the week, they fired him. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's an EPLI claim. You can't fire somebody for having a mental health issue. Ooh, we're going to sue. Yeah, I mean, he sued. He got 450K. Oh, he did? Yeah. Good for him. Oh, sorry. He was chastised on the same day when he came back for stealing his coworker's joy and being a little girl. <laughs> this company. That was the quote. I what mean, company so, is it? Uh, so what is that? Does down. that change stuff about it? Yes, anything? thousand percent. Straight. They're going straight down. Fuck that company, man. Fuck everybody in that company. And so when he sued, their defense was that they were worried about the the lawyer maybe the higher up kept referring to his the supervisors that were talking to him when he had the second attack as the victims and they're like I was trying to protect my you know I wanted to make sure my guys weren't they were victims of of a possible you know violent outburst and I wanted to make sure they weren't going to be attacked Pre- referencing the panic attack as an outburst uh, of anger as a physical attack as yeah, as as an outburst mm. of anger that could be violent. It sounds like they need a lot of employee training. <laughs> yeah, you know what's the worst? This happened to me once. Yeah, I had a rough day at work, and I uh, was driving around in the van, and you know, I had a I had a little car accident, right? And it got figured out. Everything was fine. Two days later, I get an email. For a new training, and I was like, "I don't. You don't get trainings in this time. A training do for now. <laughs> a training for defensive driving. And so they made me do a training for defensive driving after the accident. Yeah, I was like, "You assholes! Like, I I get it, but fuck you. Yeah, I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> Things like that crack me up. 
but a pretty insane story and just one that gets one that seems like a misunderstanding at first and then just gets worse and way worse. worse. Yeah, like you you think you think they would recognize and be like, I'm sorry. But no, they're like, oh, fuck you for making me feel like shit. Uh It's your birthday, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Matt, what are you stoked about this week? What gets what gets you stoked this week? What got me stoked this week? Either or, dude, I I I'm really enjoying my barbecue pulled chicken. It's so fucking good. Me too. It's Kills so, it, man. Make it? I made it in the crock pot for mm-hmm. the first time. It was. It came, came out, out great. Came out good. Yeah, th- that's what got me stoked this week. I'm enjoying. I like when I like what I cook. Uh, Doll, what got you stoked this week? I would say probably Easter with Brooks. That was that was a really good moment for me. I really enjoyed kind of just. Being able to spoil him and watch him enjoy eating candy and giving him, I got, I made him, I made him his own cupcake, but it had so much frosting on it. My intentions were true. I knew that he was just gonna eat the the frosting and just have it all over his face. And sure enough, he's so cute. He went and sat by the doorway and just enjoyed his cupcake. And I just watched him, and I was like, "You're beautiful, man. You're a great kid." Just enjoy that. It was everywhere, bro. It was so cute. It was a giant mess. It was a mess. And what about you, Cheese? I got my taxes filed on time. Nice. So, congratulations. Uh, yeah. So I'm not late on those, which is pretty stoke stokeifying. And and then I'm getting a decent return too. So I'm like, cool. I can finally get a PS5. Basically, we oh, yeah. we, we dabbled on the idea of getting a new laptop that doesn't break so much, but. Priorities, priorities, man. Priorities. Cool, man. Uh, Dalt, what are you squaring up with this week? Ah, shit. That's right. Stoke is the last one. That's the second time I've done that. Squaring up myself a bit. I've been um, super tired in the mornings, and I just haven't taken my time to meditate. And I can always feel it when I don't. Like I just feel like less easy. But that's gonna change. Just uh, got works and work and life got me caught up a bit. Yep, I feel that. Man. I am squaring up with my hopefully allergies. I feel very, very uh You're sick, dude. I don't think so. My my sinuses are just fucked up right now. So squaring up with that, I'll be good in no time. What are you squaring up with this week? I'm squaring up with You know, I had something, I can't think of it. I'm sure it's there. <laughs> it still is, it doesn't leave you. I'll go with my, my head shape. It's like it was like from a, a couple of weeks ago or something. I got a haircut and it was like a two all the way across the sides, and my head goes in, but I need my hair to be cut in a square shape. So like I got the haircut and I was like, it looks good, but he did what he was supposed to do because that's what I told him to do. But I need to learn how to explain how my hair gets cut. Damn, yeah, do a, a low fade. Heads. I think a low fade. Will well, look it's good like on a, him. it's a fade into a like square. Because if he just takes the razor with the two, then it follows. So you my think he need to do like shape. a four all around, four around on the top half, fade four into a fade, four into a fade. Yeah, that would work. Like that. Matt, what me? What's your woe dude of the week? My woe dude of the week is that Caleb is twenty three years old. Yeah, twenty three. That's wild. That's wild, man. So proud of him. Yeah. So shouty tatty Colobo, love you, man. Dot, what's your woe dude of the week? My woe dude is I got to have uh, dinner with, with a friend of mine that I haven't seen in a long time. It was really nice. Really cool to see him again. Oh, so yeah. It was woe because it's just been so long? Yeah, it was just a, it was it was nice to talk and figure each other out and what we're doing now. Cool. Nice. Cool, cool. What, what about you, G-Rod? I'm reading an oral history of the 80s hard rock scene. I'm reading the oral history of the 80s hard rock well, scene? Well, it's because it's a book, but it's really just a bunch of interviews with like everyone from the scene. That's, That's cool. cool. And the craziest thing I'm learning is how much cocaine they did. Not that, but that was already known. The whole scene was L.A. Yeah. The whole hard rock scene started mostly in Hollywood with you know the whiskey, the Roxy, Troubadour, and stuff. But even more so, there was a bunch of clubs in La Mirada and mm. like Pasadena, yeah, and stuff mm. that were there, and so knowing i don't know if he was at the end of it or if he was there for the beginning of it he got to be or if he was even in that scene but like your dad you know grew up in that scene he loves that scene Mm -hmm. if he just loved the music or if he was part of the culture because it was all like i was reading it and today they're talking about a chapter was like you show you know our band we showed up to la but it's like you're fighting against forty thousand bands you 
playing maybe once a month and they realize they're like, oh, if we go to the outskirts, if we go to places like Covina, then you could play two, three times a weekend. Yeah. And one, I was like, hey, that's my city in a book. And two, it was like, damn, it was that close to the people that were growing up. My dad used to see Red Hot Chili, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like in backyard. Yeah. Like parties that he'd go to which was cool yeah. which was the other whoa dude because i was like we played a backyard party but it happened once and i'm like why were there so many bands playing backyard parties until i realized that like there were no cd players there were yeah. no stereos yeah. there were no none of this you had you to have to hear it, you had turntables to so if you wanted music you either needed a turntable or you got a band to play mm-hmm. yeah that's, true. that's crazy that's really cool yeah yeah all right, I've made it this far into the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We apologize for no video. I personally, I wasn't up for it today, so that is why. I'm going to go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. And until next week, everyone stay safe, stay healthy. Until then, I'm Drum. And I'm Drummer. We'll see you guys then. Bye.